Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. We're your partners in wine, crime, and time. And this time, Sarah, we need a little more hands on deck to help us understand what's going on. We sure do, you guys. Um, I'm very excited to introduce our guest. He's an attorney. He is the author of the Very Smart Business Thoughts Substack. Welcome, Rex Chatterjee, to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you on. I just read your recent Substack about... FTX and the trial. And I mean, I haven't been following it. Like it hasn't been in the news, I feel as much as you'd think. Like it's been mostly relegated to the business tab of Google News. Mm. Right. We were talking about this yesterday, like why it's not a bigger deal. I I had a take on this. And mind you, like you guys both know this because you guys write stuff as well. Sometimes like you'll write a thing and it'll be halfway decent, but then like for whatever reason, you'll like be like, all right, I'm just going to delete this now. I wrote a whole take <laughs> on how basically there's less interest in the FTX trial. I mean, obviously one, because there's a bigger global event happening right now, right? Like the conflict in Israel and Gaza, totally. but also we don't have TV access. And I feel like the Johnny mm. Depp Amber Heard trial set the bar for trials that we care about. And if you don't give us the reality TV effect, we're just not that into it. That's interesting. That's really true. And I feel like also, especially now, because of how so much trial coverage gets covered and it's on like a TikTok or something that's yeah. so video focused. And I mean, also, I guess like that really made people at set a bar for like the prior knowledge of people they knew type yeah. of stuff. And I think also because like people get like, a little bit more confused with crypto. They're like, okay, I can't understand it. So I don't know how to like make fun of it. So there, ergo, I'm not going to make a TikTok on it. Versus Literally us. <laughs> some other things they think. So, no, but like versus like some other things. But then it's really interesting on the flip side. It's like, oh, but the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, people had no problem making such fanfare on. But it was actually almost, it was a more severe in content trial. Too. Yeah, well, so- yeah, I mean, like, if you want to talk about major trials on TV, you guys are a bit younger than me, but do you remember O.J. Simpson, right? TV trial. Casey Anthony, totally. TV trial. Uh, oh, Gwyneth yes. Paltrow, ski accident thing, TV trial. I can't. Right? 
I wish you well. Oh, right? yes. And so, like, I also the cast here, I mean, I think we're kind of just, and this was my line that I regret deleting and not publishing, we're waiting for the miniseries. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of FTX. Yeah. That's so true. Totally. Who would play, I feel Jesse Eisenberg is probably going to play SBF. Ooh. Well, so people are saying Jonah Hill, but he's 40 years old. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Hollywood, they'll let men do. I mean, it, that doesn't stop a That's guy in Hollywood true. from doing what they got to yeah, do. Yeah. True. Ben Platt played like a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> I could see Ben Platt, actually. Oh. He did play that, like, like, you know, annoying political kid in The Politician on Netflix, which I was the only person who watched That's that. That's true. <laughs> Is there a reason why this case isn't being on TV? Or is it just just not getting the that coverage? Admittedly, right? And there's some there's some disclaimers here. Like, first of all, one, nothing I say here is legal advice, but that's we're not even getting into anything like that so far. But uh, <laughs> two, um, I don't like do criminal litigation, right? I don't do criminal defense. I'm obviously not a prosecutor. So I think it has to do with like federal versus state court. I think OJ and Casey and Anthony were both uh, state charges, right? And like in, in New York state court, um, you do have like a lot more like visibility and camera access. I think ultimately it is judge's discretion, but I also wonder if there's maybe a, an overt prohibition on cameras in federal criminal proceedings, but I'm not sure. Yeah, because I know there's like some fights about if the Trump trial is going to be televised. So so the Georgia one is is state, right? And that's why we've been seeing it on TV. He's somewhat, even though all the cards are stacked against him. So I mean, that has never affected him at all before. But I'm sh- I thought he would be the one bringing his own camera in. I'm like, sir, I'm shocked he's not when you're like, we did a miniseries. I'm shocked he's not self-documentary. He I might mean, be doing yes. like the staircase after with this. Yeah. <laughs> he's just doing confessionals. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Could be. But yeah, I mean, do you guys want to get into the the case is 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 kind of nuts, but it's yes. also way simpler than people are making it out to be. Okay, so tell us why it's simpler because my brain <laughs> shuts down a lot. I like I'm the per- like I can't read instructions to build IKEA stuff. So like th- when I start reading things that are like this, our our lovely British guest helped me a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think I need you to I need you to help me steal the deal. <laughs> you do it. Um, again, try. Okay, so so there's a lot of fancy terminology and words, right? So we've got like you know crypto, and um, there's like a lots of like code and bank accounts and this and that. Which is fine, right? But you don't need to understand those details to understand what wire fraud basically is, right? So look, if I take your money, you give me money, and I tell you I'm going to use it for one purpose, right? Um, And that it's going to belong to you and that you're going to have access to it. And then I don't tell you about this, but I lend it to Sarah to go like arbitrage cookies, right? Where Sarah goes, takes the money and like buys cookies in a store and tries to sell them in Wall Street. Um, <laughs> and then Sarah's business blows up because she obviously eats all the cookies. Um, obviously. Uh-oh. Right? That's what obviously <laughs> happens. Chip City. Chips, you know, Sarah single-handedly keeps Chip City afloat, but <laughs> in doing so blows all of Danny's money. That's fraud, Right. I, I've committed fraud, right? Because I'm the yes. one who took your money and told you, yeah, yes. it, would be, it would be yours. And right. And then I, I didn't keep it as yours. And does Sarah get in trouble then too? Well, I cut a deal with the feds. Yeah. You gave him that chocolate chip. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it, to fix the analogy here, to like to keep it co- continuous, um, Sarah works for another company that I run. Uh, and I'm technically the boss, but I've installed Sarah as the boss. Um, oh. And so Sarah quickly, you know, Ran to the feds. Also, 
in, in this hypothetical, Sarah is my ex-girlfriend who like has a real like knife to sharpen against me, right? Or like mm. really grinding an edge there. So uh, yeah, Sarah and all of the other folks that are kind of involved in this moving of the money and use of the money on something so silly as cookies, they've all they've all turned state's evidence against me. I was going to say, so wh- okay, so Sam Bankman-Fried testified this week. And number one, I just feel like the fact that he even did that is kind of wild. And I am very sad that we don't have video footage of that. I know. What yeah. is your take on first? And also, we don't get to know how it went. Like when Alex Murdoch went on trial, we could watch. I watched his almost like his whole testimony and just like watched him, you know, blabbering on about his dogs and like Papa. And I'm like, what is this you, guy you saying? You watched him like putting himself behind bars. Oh, completely. like that was the thing. So that's almost. Yeah. So let me kind of set the stage for you, right? So the trial is happening in the uh, federal courthouse in the Southern District of New York, which is in Lower Manhattan. Obviously, you would imagine this, this trial has like massive media interest. In the main courtroom, there are 21 spots, right, for members of the media to be able to sit in the main courtroom. Then they have overflow rooms, right, which like, you know, anything else is like a normal overflow room. They have a TV live feed. You're in a courtroom, but it's other than otherwise this used courtroom, like sort of lower down in the building. You're in a Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're basically in a Zoom meeting, but like it's a sequestered Zoom meeting where you're in a courtroom and you can't have your like phone or whatever, right? But exactly right. Exactly right. For Sam Bankman Freed's, I mean, you can imagine, so 21 spots, journalists being these scrappy folks that they slash we all are in some ways, folks were showing up at like five, six in the morning, right? Oof. To get online to get into that room. Yeah. It's like an it's like an iPhone. For Sam Bankman Freed's testimony, one AM. Oh, wow. What? 1 a.m. That's like how my friend lined up to see Renee Rapp at the TV show. That, Same thing. I'm not going to touch on any of that. <laughs> yeah. that that's okay. All of that. 1 a.m. though. Yeah. What? Who wants? The judge wants to be up then doing that? I, I mean, I mean, it's it's first come, first serve, right? Ah. Uh, I don't think the, the judge, the judge is there 1 a.m. Oh, like, oh <laughs> I thought you meant that he, oh, I'm so dumb. I interpreted that as he went on the stand at 1 a.m. I was like, what oh, court no, is this? No, 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 no. no. Night court. Like, <laughs> night court. I'm like, wait, now I'm like so like deeply in another way invested in this. I'm like, I didn't know they had like court for, and Sarah, that would be your cookie court because you have <laughs> insomnia. You would have to be there at 1 yes. a.m. Correct. They lined up at 1 a.m.? Yeah, folks were lined oh. up at 1 a.m. to get in at 9 a.m. to then report oh, on the trial. Uh, it was crazy. So yeah, that's the level of interest that members of the media have had. And obviously, like there are conduit to kind of finding out what happens. Transcripts also. But yeah, it's been nuts. So SPF goes up and testifies. And the phrase that's been bandied about by uh, the media has been word salad. Right? <laughs> I love that. I love that that's- too. Because I feel like everything about this man is like a salad of letters. Mm-hmm. Initial salad. So, of course, he would speak in word salad. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, even at times, the, the judge had to, I think, Judge Kaplan at one time was like, you know, this witness has a certain way of answering questions. Right? Mm. That's a that's a drag from a judge, I feel. Yeah. That's shade. Yeah. That, <laughs> bench shade. Um, <laughs> trademarking that. Yeah. Um, but so, like, yeah, I mean, when when you have, so just to kind of phrase how, like, criminal prosecutions work, right? The prosecution presents its case in chief. And then the defense will typically raise a motion saying, okay, well, the prosecution hasn't proven like elements A, B, C, D, whatever. Let's dismiss the charges. If the prosecution's done even, you know, semblance of that job, judge will say no. And then the defense can like do its thing, right? And present witnesses, et cetera, et cetera. Having a defendant 
on the stand. I mean, look, I'm not a criminal defense attorney, but I'm an attorney. I think about these things all the time. Like if my clients were ever called, you know, would it be a good idea? Would it not be a good idea? In the cases we're talking about here where you have Sam Bankman-Fried and, you know, we'll lump this in with Elizabeth Holmes. I think these folks, and this points to a larger issue that I have with the like tech and startup community, but the ecosystem that I currently inhabit. We love a narcissist. Uh, that is, don't, and you don't have to, you don't have to shade your Guys own do. industry. A lot of industries, I feel they get suckered into the narcissism, but it really hits in startups. Cause I feel you almost have to, <laughs> don't, you almost have to kind of have a narcissistic bone in the body to be like, I'm going to start from this coffee shop, a billion dollar company. <laughs> Yeah. Especially and to go out to investors and be like, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna buy up a bunch of offices and then rent them to other people. Like so you're a landlord and tech company. And get people to buy it. You have to like believe your own bullshit. This is why I could never start a business. I could never Yeah, I mean like I don't think every startup founder is a bullshitter. Obviously, right? I represent them, right? Disclaimer here, potential conflict of interest. I am a lawyer that represents startups. Um, But I do think there is a difference between a measured founder and a founder that wants to capture the moon, so to speak, right? To shoot for the moon. And there is a like perverse incentive because VCs in many ways are kind of like playing the lottery, right? You invest in 100 companies, and if one of them really hits it, it scrubs the losses on the other 99, right? So many ways, you kind of have this perverse incentive to look for people that are trying to shoot the moon while ignoring people that maybe have like a more measured goal and a more measured approach. And that's sort of like a, it's difficult to call it a moral hazard of the industry, but like, so a moral hazard, when we're talking about like making itself was like, okay, you've got Lehman Brothers being able to trade on risky proprietary bets, but also have the backstop of being able to access the Fed's discount window, right? So like the American taxpayer was propping up Lehman's risky betting. That's a moral hazard. In this case, it doesn't really involve the public sector. So it's not really a moral hazard. It's what I would call a perverse incentive, but it's still sort of the same kind of problem where it's like you're incentivized to do things that prop up people that have wildly unrealistic views about how successful they can be. And you take someone like that and you say, hey, do you want to go on the stand? What are they going to say? <laughs> oh, they're going to they're going to literally say like a moment like this, Kelly Clarkson playing in their thing. They're yeah, waiting I mean, to talk. Exactly. Yes. Sam Bankman-Fried is looking himself in the mirror and seeing Regis Philbin, right? Like, you're not that charming, bro. Like, don't, don't yeah. try this. <laughs> oh, man. Despite what that fake viral crime court photo might tell him, I'm sure he has no. that for I don't know if you saw that. There's like a fake. There's a fake. What is it? What are those called? Like a court um, sketch. Oh, God. Court sketch. And it looks like he's like truly Superman. Like Brad Pitt. And I'm yeah. like, did the artist really sketch him as Brad Pitt? And then like it was going around Twitter and, and then we were like, he paid this guy, right? Like he totally paid to. the artist. But I'm pretty sure it's fake. Lots of actors that will not be uh, playing SBF um, on the miniseries Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, no. Just... I hope not. I hope Brad Pitt keeps up with everything that he's keeping up with so he doesn't get casted for that. Savage. <laughs> So I feel like when we had Tom Wright on the podcast, he was giving us a preview of SBF strategy, and he was kind of hinting that he was going to try to throw his ex-girlfriend under the bus. Mm -hmm. But in your Substack, you were also writing that he's using this other strategy, 
which is he's kind of trying to blame his lawyers for his oh, entire that's what like, yes. alleged Ponzi scheme. Thank you, Sarah, for the kind words about my silly little newsletter, uh, businessthoughts.substack.com. Yeah, so I did write about this. Again, it's it's the most like SBFE kind of way to defend yourself while not actually doing the hard work of of what's required to use this affirmative defense. And so let me kind of break this down. There is a defense called uh, the advice of counsel defense, and it's what we call an affirmative defense, which means like typically, right, the prosecution has to prove stuff and the defense doesn't, right? If the prosecution hasn't proved the elements of the charges, the, the defendant's acquitted. In this case, an affirmative defense, the defense gets like things that they have to prove. And if they can prove those things, then there is a limitation or a negation of liability, right? Um, whether it's a complete or partial defense. Okay. So the advice of counsel defense basically is, look, I told my lawyer everything, right? My lawyer gave me advice at the time, and then I followed that advice in good faith, right? Basically. To use the advice of counsel defense, you have to waive attorney-client privilege, right? And so let's let's do a hypothetical here, right? Let's say I'm a lawyer for Betches the company. Right. And so Sarah is its editor in chief. And she comes to me and says, like, hey, Rex, I, you know, want to uh, kill Danny. Right. Oh, yeah. After you stole my money for cookies. OK. This is a, it's a true crime <laughs> podcast, right? Like, I mean, you know, what do we do? It's not committing crime. Yeah, I want to make it more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I say, yeah, listen, like, uh, I'm not a criminal lawyer. I don't know what murder, you know, is and isn't. I'm just like, you know, just saying nonsense because in many ways, the FTX lawyers, eh, this is a much clearer example. Uh, I, I waffle around and I just kind of shrug and I say, eh, all right. And I just go back to like playing League of Legends, right? Because that's what everyone does, uh, apparently. Or you do that thing where your friend asks you for like advice and you're kind of like, well, I'm not going to tell you one way or the mm-hmm. other. Or you say, or you end it with, but whatever you think is best. Yeah, but whatever you think is best. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if your lawyer is saying that to you, um, you need probably to find a new lawyer. Um, <laughs> right. But so, um, and then at trial, right, for Danny's murder, Sarah says, well, look, I, I told my lawyer everything and my lawyer, t- you know, gave me advice and I followed it, you know. In good faith. Now, here's the problem, right? What did I say at the beginning, right? I'm the lawyer for Betch's Media. Am I Sarah's lawyer? No. No. Mm, big trap. We need to have, uh, you guys need a soundboard so you can play Admiral oh. Akbar. It's a trap, right? <laughs> yes. It's a trap. Um, I am not the executive's lawyer. And so, like, you need to waive attorney client privilege, obviously, to assert this defense, right? Like, you need like me to testify saying, yeah, like Sarah told me this stuff and I told her this. And then the cross, the prosecution needs to be able to cross examine me and say like, okay, well, like, you know, probe the defense. What did you actually say? The the biggest thing to probe is did Sarah really tell you everything? It has to be a complete disclosure. Right. Um, but to do that, you would need to waive the attorney client privilege that covers this discussion, but privilege has ownership, right? Like just because you took part in the discussion doesn't mean that you can waive privilege because again I'm not your I'm not Sarah's lawyer I'm the company's lawyer so it's board of directors right reasonably would be the ones to be able to waive that privilege and in this case right Betches has filed bankruptcy there's new management and they've said yes yeah, Sarah's the worst so are they really trying to help her out here no <laughs> they're not and that's that's the trouble with the advice of counsel defense one and I wrote about this it's like 
can we really show a complete disclosure, right? Like, I don't think we've even had a complete disclosure in the course of this month-long trial about what really happened at FTX. There's still probably more crap that just wasn't bad enough to make it into trial, right? So like, if your entire business is a fraud, what is complete disclosure about the fraud? Is it literally everything? from top to bottom, left, right, and center, right? Like, so so we have a problem there. And number two, the bigger problem is that we can't, the defendant can't waive the privilege uh, because it's not his to waive. But would he even want to? Because I feel like that's a huge liability well, to do that. Well, at this point, you know, it's like um, King Leonidas in 300, right? Like you've got two dudes behind you and you're backed up into this tiny little space. You'll try anything, right? Um, you know, like the, the hordes are marching against you and your numbers are a few, right? Like he doesn't have a lot of great options. And so in this case, right. And again, I'm not a, a full on like expert in how this works. I don't know if you waive the privilege absolutely or only with respect to the matters that are germane. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it's the latter. Right. But again, none of this legal advice. I don't know anything, but yeah, so so you have problems there, right, with this affirmative defense. But that hasn't necessarily stopped them from trying. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Let's say at trial, Sarah doesn't like waive the full on privilege because she can't, because she, but she mentions to the judge like, look, yeah, you know, I made like long and serious plans about Danny's murder, right? We're not trying to like plead the sound of manslaughter. No, I intentionally murdered him. But uh, this lawyer, Rex Chatterjee, was in the room, right? He was nodding along, right? What does that sound like? It sounds like an advice of counsel defense, right? And so this is like that the, the hokey pokey song. You put your advice, uh, def- counsel defense in, you take it out. You put it in, you take it out, you do the hokey. Like, this is not how you, this is not how the legal process works. We have these things for a reason. You can't just. And would that also be like, because to me, it sounds like he's trying to take more people down with him. Or could like, could the legal counsel then get in trouble for what they say or no? So Ken Sun, who is the, the, the general counsel of FTX, has what's called an NPA or a non-prosecution agreement, right? So basically, right, there's two ways to flip. If the DOJ, in this case, the prosecutors, right, have you dead to rights, they come and say, look, we're going to charge you with this, this, and this. And you're like, oh, crap, like, I don't want to go to jail. And then you flip. In this case, right, like, they didn't necessarily have enough to to bring right charges against Kansan. But so what they can do is then say, okay, well, look, right, like we won't even try, right, if you help us. And he says, sure. Right, because like, is there something he's done wrong? I don't know. Who's to say? But like, maybe, right? In this fucking mess, like, oh, can I curse on here? I don't know if I can. Yeah. Okay. So in, yeah, in this totally. fucking mess, like you you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be left out in the open, right? You want to get inside as quick as possible. This is a shit tornado. <laughs> well, I feel like this shit tornado might actually be coming to a close as soon as today because That's what I was reading, yeah. Yeah, the the verdict could come in this afternoon. It could come in pretty much any time. And I'm going to care because it's just like from the everything that 
I've just been trying to keep up with and stuff, I would be, I mean, I don't know if you have a different, I'd be very surprised if it doesn't go with him being found guilty. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I would be, I mean, so do we want to run through some of like the, the crazy stuff that's happened and then, you know, folks can, I'm, I'm not one to like speculate on how juries do anything. We'll do right? that for yeah. you. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> so I, I do often give clients advice about things that could end up in, you know, typically civil litigation, right? But when things go to litigation, anything can happen. Anything can fucking happen, right? So like any lawyer that's responsible shouldn't want to like necessarily speculate on what a jury can do because could he be acquitted? Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Do I think it's likely? No, I do not. Here's why. On cross-examination, for instance, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried was asked about whether the company, whether FTX had a uh, document retention policy, right? This was one of the big ones, right? Because we're trying to prove – so let's let's take it a step back for a second. Like the main thing with wire fraud and a bunch of these other offenses is intent, Right. So you've got two things, right? If it's like if, you know, Danny trying to get revenge on Sarah for attempting to murder him, like punches her, right? But says, <laughs> I don't want to kill Damn. you. I'm just trying to hurt you, right? <laughs> Do we, And let's say Sarah tragically dies from this punch, um, right? Yeah, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Karma Is for it me. murder or is it manslaughter, right? And so if we can take the veracity of Danny's statement, you know, on its face, he didn't intend to kill Sarah. So it's manslaughter, not murder. Intent really matters. And with wire fraud, you have to prove like specific intent, right? And I won't bore you with law school here, but like proving intent is not easy. And oftentimes, right, we we use things like documents, right, to prove intent, to show state of mind, etc. Because I feel like if you don't have documents, you really just go on like vibes for intent. Because like... <laughs> Remember the vibes were off. Yeah. <laughs> the vibes were rather jank. <laughs> there was a document retention policy, and guess what? They couldn't find it. You had armies of lawyers running around trying to find this damn policy. <laughs> they couldn't find it. Huh? So, like, did it exist? I don't know, right? Are they lying? I don't know, right? Oh. But um, the main problem is, like, you've got – so this is where – I mean, the, the sound bites are just so good, right? They use the combination of Slack and Signal for important things, right? And saying that like Slack was for, yeah, Slack was for more important <laughs> stuff and auto-deleting Signal messages were for less important stuff. Right, double uh -huh. encrypted stuff, you know. Well, it was auto-deleting, right? And so they they yeah. were saying things like, Oh, well, the auto deletion was important because one, we weren't required to like keep those communications archived. Um, but two, and more importantly, uh, some of those contain like sensitive personal information that we didn't want to have sitting around. So like, let's say you had to do a KYC with um, FTX to trade or whatever. Like you would submit via this online portal or whatever, a picture of your passport that would end up in a signal chat, apparently. Oh, for someone on the team to... Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, what? Yeah, please no. I'm in someone's WhatsApp group, and they're like, look at this girl's picture. It looks like a serial killer. That's not like a company. No, and so that's what the crazy thing is, right? So, like, you know, fraud is about deception, right? Do you think that this is the way, let's say you want to open a securities account at JP Morgan, 
and trade stocks. Do you think your KYC documents, your know your client documents, like the the documents they use to make sure that um, Danny is Danny, do you think those documents end up on a signal message group? I hope not. <laughs> no, right? right? No. No. And yes, it's true that certain people need to access the information and certain people do not, right? But is Signal the right way to create, like is a chat app the right way to create that segmentation? <laughs> Clearly it is not, right? But FTX did all this stuff, like get a logo on the Miami Heat Stadium in an effort mm. to make people think, <laughs> right? Right? And again, this is not the culpable conduct here, but this is just the vibes, the jank vibes. Yes! Right. That is so millennial. Like, I'm going to start a company entirely group chat based. And also just know putting your like a bumper sticker on a cool thing. You're like, oh, OK, I trust that. Yeah. That's basically yeah. right. So like on the outside, you're looking at it and you're like, oh, man, like this is like the JP Morgan of crypto. Cool. It's the safe one. I'm going to do yeah. this. No, your passport picture was ending up in a signal chat and their security measure to make oh. sure your information wasn't stolen and used for like nefarious purposes. Oh, yeah. Auto delete. And like we all learn from every TV show when you delete things, it's not really deleted. <laughs> Well, I mean, well, Signal might Signal yeah. might have an issue with that. Right? Signal might come and uh, say, like, no, Signal, Danny, I don't try to fight anything. You can win. I'm just saying, I'm just saying <laughs> what I'm saying. You can have your, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know one way or the other. I'm not a chat records end-to-end encryption expert. There were balance sheets uh, that were prepared, right? So a balance sheet is like a financial document that talks about the assets and liabilities of the company. And these were doctored, right? And the doctored balance sheets were sent on Signal. And part of the questioning, from what I can tell, was around, well, wait a second. Like, I thought Slack was the formal one, right? But you're, you know, talking about important financial documents here related to the business of the company, but you're sending them on Signal, which is the auto-deleting one. That's weird. Like, even if we suspend disbelief and say, like, okay, well, like, look, typically a bank or a large financial institution would have like a, you know, Microsoft SharePoint environment with auto archiving and, and, you know, snapshots every time a change is made, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have emails and the Microsoft cloud architecture, which put a drill bit in my head to make me talk about, um, <laughs> is supposed to like sync Outlook and SharePoint or whatever. But like there is a way to every single change that's made to an important document, you can say, or who did it, when, where, how, why, whatever, right? Even if we suspend disbelief that that is not the right way to do things and maybe using Slack is better, they still didn't even do that. They used the auto-deleting signal group chat to send balance sheets around, right? I'm dying because like if signal is there, if the signal is their Slack and Slack is their like formal communication- yes email to these people must be like a notarized letter <laughs> like what is this or they system? must be too afraid to do email they like it's like they get they're probably like your honor i have email anxiety or something <laughs> like that no, like it's insane right michael lewis who i have like mixed feelings about right because i think he in many ways do you guys know what gonzo journalism is like hunter s thompson uh the journalist becomes part of the narrative storytelling right it's Narration from within, oh, right? Yes. Oh, I think Michael Lewis's okay. book, um, this yes. is my informal you know, book review here, um, I think he kind of gets sucked in a little bit and buys into the SBF phenomenon, if you will, right? He sat at the table and was like, oh, I like the brunch bread type of thing. It's hard not to do. It's like that the woman who profiled Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, yeah. She like, starts off and you're like, girl, you're getting sucked in. And then she flips it around and you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yes. Yes. Entirely correct, the both of you. Yeah. But he does, you know, mention in this book that one of SBF's 
famous retorts all the time is like, oh, man, like grownups are boring. Like, you know, the, the grownups don't get it right in, in almost those words. Sir, you own a company. What like, the you're fuck? You're also in your like late 20s. Hate to break what people are defining as grown <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You have bags under your sure. eyes, sir. Yeah, grown up. <laughs> right, but so like the, you know, oh, when gosh. you take that in light of the email thing, it's like, yeah, email is what like boring grown-ups and cubicles do. Like we don't do that. We use Slack. Oh, it's gosh. part of this whole culture of like move fast and break shit, right? You guys have probably heard of that phrase before. Mhm. Mhm. On like a mug in that in that skinny sensor font that all the girls have. Oh, you guys are men, but all the girls who know what I'm talking about. I forgot the designer's name, but it's like every single Home decor, home goods sign is in this lady's font. All right, sorry, we're getting off topic. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I mean, I've they're I, looking at me so blankly. We're boring adults, Annie. That's that's the problem here. We don't get <laughs> uh, it. I'm glad. I'm gladly taking it. I love to sit on a couch. So yeah, I mean, in in the startup space, we love a fast mover, shit breaker, right? But like, should we? Right, and that's one of my big points about all this stuff. Is should we? That's because it's such an interesting thing where I feel there's levels to all of that where it's like. When people, they like go to enough therapy to realize that like selfish isn't a bad thing. When it's like there's levels to that where it's like, yes, you should prioritize yourself and like <laughs> selfish like protecting your peace and your space. But if you take it to an extreme and you're like selfish to a damaging aspect, that's not good. Versus like a bullshitter or a believer in yourself, that's a beautiful level of confidence. And like you're saying, a lot of those people disrupt industries in a way that only their delulu we'll call it can do and they do it well and profitably and like in the not the, they're painting outside the lines but in the coloring book so it's not on the table but there's the people then that just get their sharpie everywhere and i feel like though it's hard to separate like how can you tell who is who until they end up at trial <laughs> so we're gonna coin this here right and i wonder if we can like maybe get you know, pulled out to like Harvard Business School to like give a talk, uh, the Delulu Index. <laughs> yes! Right? yes! Shout out to Danny. Wait, yes. we will. This should be a VC metric, right? Uh, <laughs> Founders Vision on the X axis and their Delulu on the Y axis. Oh my God. Right? And I'm so seeing like we, it now. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I've seen crazier things. Move over, yeah. Kim Kardashian. We are getting honorary business Amen. degrees. Her Delulu is doing quite well. So, yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, put me on that map. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, I, I will take this away and do some thinking and we can create like a, a, a meme image to circulate around the internet uh, for our own purposes. <laughs> but yeah, oh, the high, right? And do you think, is there, and I feel maybe it happens just in a lot of different ways. Does are they born with the Delulu that goes to the extreme? Like, and they do you think a lot of founders maybe inherently set out for good, but then they get a taste of something and it goes to like the unwell aspects of it. But I guess with Sam, it's like they kind of just set out to scam and cause some shit and be like, oh, I know I'll never get caught because I'm that bitch type of thing. <laughs> so it's it's interesting, right? And I think, so we're getting into deeply individual dependent factors, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is a place where I would caution against like, making sort of like broader generalizations, I think it depends on the person, right? Mm -hmm. You know, in this case, like, I don't necessarily believe that there was, that the whole thing from the outset was a scam, mm -hmm. right? One of the things that 
gets talked about a lot in coverage of SBF and in this book that Michael Lewis wrote. And there's another book by Zeke Fox called Number Go Up. I haven't read that one yet, but it's it's again on my list. But so Sam and all of his friends were part of this like effective altruist movement, right? And so what is this movement? It's largely rooted in, from what I can tell, utilitarian philosophy, right? Which is like the good of the many versus the good of the few. And, you know, in order to be an effective altruist, you need to like make a bunch of money and donate it. So to do the most good for the most people, right? That's a vast oversimplification. And there are like legitimate philosophical discussions that we have. The movement itself has been rocked by like selfishness and narcissism and like stealing mm. um over and over again right shocking <laughs> like no i need to make 20 billion dollars so i can donate five hundred thousand, <laughs> <laughs> and then i'll build a school in my name with my name everywhere and it's pictures of me and it's like what are we doing <laughs> <laughs> i think the problem here is like you had Customer funds. I mean, there, there's several problems, right? But even if you want to say that, okay, these people were setting out with the intent to be effective altruists and do the most good, the manner by which you get there, it's, it's what we would call like a teleological inquiry, right? So it's it's ends-based, right? I don't know what... what, 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 what uh, so when you evaluate like the, the benefit or harm of an action, you look at the, the ends, not the means, right? So like oh. if I need to like kill 50 people to save 5,000 people, as long as the balance works out in the end. I mean, there's there's like, we hear these arguments made in other contexts right now, and like, they're problematic, right? Right? In this case, right, if it's, I need to defraud 500 people so I can, you know, donate money to save 50 million people, it might be okay to do so, right? But from like a, a deontological or like a means-based, like going through the process, right? You can't do bad shit and say you're a good guy. It's kind of like Robin Hood-ish almost, yeah. And those 50 people who are defrauded are like, excuse me, district attorney? Yeah. <laughs> well, And then also because then you're like, no, you're not a good guy because you mess up. Uh, and they're like, no, but ask those people, not these people. And then it becomes an, yeah. an entire, oh, Right, and so I think that's kind of what happened. They were like playing this, you know, move fast and break shit game where they were like, look, document retention policy, who cares? Email, it's boring, it's for adults. If we really, you know, get past these like stupid hurdles of like, maybe we're doing some fraud right now, when we get to this glorified end state, <laughs> we're gonna be able to do so much good, guys, so much good. And it's like, really? Because the path you took to get to being able to do all that good involved fucking over Tom, Dick, Harry, and whomever, because their customer funds were loaned out to your private hedge fund to do things like, you know, fund Sarah's cookie eating operation, right? Like God knows. And pay Larry David. And pay Larry David, right. Larry David is my personal hero. Um, As a married man, his take on weddings. I love him. Right? Do you know about his take on weddings? (laughs) No. Oh, Larry David says the only appropriate amount of distance to travel to a wedding is 90 minutes by car. And anything else, it's too far. I'm not going. That is so Larry David. That's very real. That's real. It's it's so Rex Chatterjee, right? That's my policy. (laughs) (laughs) You RSVP no, and you're like, sorry, this breaks the Larry David rule. Or you invite you you disinvite people, and when they're mad, you're like, "I didn't want you to have to travel two hours." <laughs> I feel I we I need to have like a bonus episode with your wife to have her thoughts. Uh, on yeah, it. no, my wife is great. Uh, she doesn't agree with me. Uh, she's wrong about this. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm like, you're just simping for your friends here, man. You care about what they think of you. Don't do that. 
<laughs> you're like, no, girl, the end, not the means of your friends. We have a fun yes, wedding yes, without no, that. <laughs> no, no. My wedding got canceled because of COVID. We had a Zoom wedding. This was our wedding. So Danny's the Danny's the official. Oh, man. Right? Wait, I'm licensed in Pennsylvania. So I, if we I'm take licensed this in New Zoom York there. City. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm ready for your act for your vow renewal. Your real yes. housewife's vow renewal. Um, yeah, five years. That's coming up in two more years. Five. But speaking of Larry David, I mean, so, okay, SPF, he's probably going to, we're going to find out, I don't know, any minute now, pretty much. And then I guess the next step is the, there are lawsuits against the celebrities who endorse oh, yeah. FTX. So we'll have to see about yeah, that. Yeah, and so, like, that's kind of a, it's a difficult one, right? Here's kind of how this works in the real world, right? And this is getting more into stuff that I do, so I have to be careful with what I say. Because I have thoughts, and my thoughts aren't necessarily the most appropriate. Let them out! <laughs> no, we're talking about that on your deck. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, I, I, can, I can say a couple of things. So, like, look, Ooh. right? If you are a person with something to lose, right, and you hire an attorney, you should do what they say, right? Because here's the thing. <laughs> FTX was dangling gobs of money in front of people who, let's be honest, already have a few gobs of money of their own, right? So I guess one of the morals here is like, this is this is the classic case of like hands stuck in pickle jar trying to grab the pickle that's just like too big to fit out of the neck of the jar, right? Like, and again, I don't know what was said between Larry David and his team, right? He's got managers, agents, lawyers brains, right? People presumably with brains um, and presumably who should take a very skeptical eye, right? Because you're the guardian at the gate, right? People want access to Larry David and you're the one saying, who the fuck are you, right? Um, and one would hope they did their jobs, right? And if they didn't, that's not good. But let's assume they did. And let's assume that at least in one case, someone took a celeb endorsement deal with FTX over the objection of counsel. That lawyer right now is feeling a very shitty I told you so right? Because that's not the position you want to be in, right? You don't get brownie points for going to your client after they've been dragged and saying, well, fucking told you so, man. What do you think they're going to keep working with you? Like maybe, but maybe not. I was going to say, you're probably yeah, going to get right. fired. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, did I tell you <laughs> you're fired? Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Right. And so like, that's why it's, it's really delicate because you need to be a vociferous advocate for your client's better interests, even if they don't necessarily agree. And I'm sure in not zero cases, uh, something like that transpired, right? Because the red flags around FTX existed, despite his best efforts. And I feel it probably was also a hard thing because they had a lot of celebrities where you're like, I, it's almost a thing, I guess if they if Tom Brady can, if everyone's doing it, I, I guess I'll get someone. That's not I know it's not thing. a legal thing, but I, I feel I wonder if it's a thing where they're like, oh, I guess everyone will get in trouble. But like, then like, I wonder if it's like, the celebrities then being like, okay, if they can do it and get this extra million, why can't I? And the lawyer's like, well, I'm telling you what I want to tell you, but I guess you got to where you are because you are a lovely narcissist. <laughs> well, so, 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 yeah, so, no, I mean, like, lawyers, we very oftentimes find ourselves, like, speaking in dad voice. It's like, well, if your friends jump off a mm, bridge, are you going to jump off the bridge too? Like, that's what, that's yeah. what I would say, right? And that sounds mm -hmm. like dad. And in this economy of like, oh, the adults are boring, emails. you know, who the fuck mm -hmm. wants to listen to dad? Yeah. Fucking emails, lawyers, who needs them? But so so that even, let's loop it back to the trial for a second. There was a time on uh, direct, right? Or sorry, it was it was on cross. It was on cross. Um, and the prosecutor, Danielle Sassoon, um, asked Sam Bankman-Fried a question about the protection of customer assets to safeguard them from embezzlement. 
um, his his lawyer stands up and says, objection, right? We all know how this works. And uh, I don't know what the objection was, but it was sustained, right? What does Sam do? He answers the fucking question. Oh. Oh, oh my And then God. his lawyer is like, come on, man. Watch Law and oh, Order for five minutes. minutes. You don't need to answer. Yeah. So his lawyer's like, you don't need to answer a question that there's been a sustained objection over, right? And he says, I felt the need to answer that one. You can't. You, you're like, you're, oh, God. You, you can't. You're like, what do you even how, how does one even work with that? You know what we should do would be funny. I mean, I don't know in what medium we would use this, but a table read of the trial transcript. Oh my god! Yeah, let's make a TikTok yes. account right now. We'll get a black box <laughs> theater. <laughs> <laughs> my god, there's, there's so many. I mean, I last night I I pulled a Sarah and I stayed up until like four a.m. Oh. Um, couldn't sleep, and I was just like, you know, finding snippets of testimony and like just I, I have like a two-page document here um that's just got i mean it's, it's full it's full of things like that right we could literally sit here for two hours and talk through all of the ridiculous stuff that happened at this trial we have really been robbed yeah. of this video like this should be popping off right now this is hilarious because it's what everybody wants in a trial to like an immediate trial to consume it's like you get to the good part and the girlfriend and then coming drama. up on season two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's when Larry David has a cameo that he's not I mean, th- those, so if those are civil trials in federal court, there's an outside chance that we get a camera in there. Oh, and I feel there will be, a, I feel it will be impossible. If for we get the trial, if we get no. the trial. Because is there a way for them all to like, would it be a settling or would it just be like, it's not? You can settle. Yeah. yeah. You can settle civil claims. Yeah. It's like, if you want to sue me because you think I, you know, did civil fraud, um, that's like a, a private lawsuit between a class of folks and me. Yeah. I mean. The good thing, all those people are very yeah. rich. So I think they will be settling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's difficult, right? Because like. I don't know exactly what the uh, complaints allege in those in those civil cases. Just from a high level, a celebrity endorsement, a suit sounding in fraud over such conduct, I would almost want to defend it. Almost, right? Because again, like you'd have to kind of demonstrate, and I'm really kind of talking out of turn here because I haven't, you know, researched this to depth and, and lawyers we hate saying anything without having researched things to depth. But what I will say is if, if there is a like knowledge or intent factor here, like I don't think Tom Brady or Giselle Boonchen or Larry David or any of them knew the ins and outs of what was happening at FTX. Totally. No, it's almost kind of like how celebrities and influencers get like do campaigns with like a tea. And then it's like, oh, this tea like, kills people and they're like oh, i didn't fucking know. like you know like they, they're not the scientists behind they're just signing the stuff that's kind of like just holding up the prop like they there is a level of like and i feel a lot of the public can understand that too mm-hmm. to the point where it's like oh you also got because when i when i heard all this I was like oh larry david you got played versus i'm like larry david you didn't try to like help this company to get a cut well, also, anything. Yeah. The actual Larry David commercial was like about Larry David not investing in FTX Understand. and like missing out. And so then to get sued for doing an ad about not investing in FTX is like so peak Larry David. It's a I was gonna it's a perfect Larry it David. It's a ending. perfect episode. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, so I wonder here and there's sometimes a like again not to, to be the boring lawyer, but it's like a known or should have known, right? 
Because we can take, I, I, I fully take your point, Andy, about the 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 influencers and their their teas and whatnot and all this stuff. Um, and it's like, look, man, if you're an influencer and some like green tea, you know, raspberry ketones company comes and says, okay, we want to pay you a bunch of money to endorse our stuff. No one's expecting you to go out and get a PhD in biochemistry before you sign on <laughs> to that deal, right? You know, what is the right level of prior due diligence prior to signing on to a deal like that? And does it change with how much money they're paying you? So if they're paying you 50 bucks, right, should you is is the requisite level. But again, if they're paying you 50 bucks, but your name is Charlie D'Amelio or whatever, right? Like, it doesn't matter. Your reach is so big that your due diligence obligations should be higher, right? So there's like a multi-factor inquiry here. That's what I was thinking. Like the reach of it, I feel almost can play a factor when it's like you have these people now that have a wider range almost than a yeah. commercial on NBC primetime. So you're like, you're getting into the homes of X amount of people and like with the ages being lower of people who are been burned mm-hmm. less or like less knowledgeable about stuff where it's like that really shitty middle ground of people primed yeah. to be Bingo. targeted. We'll just have to wait to see what happens with that. And we'll be waiting for the outcome of this verdict, which is, I mean, probably going to be out by the time this episode's out. So sorry, guys. But yeah. I mean, but then this will be like, because I feel people are going to see the verdict be like, oh, what went down? And now you know what went down and what's coming next. And if, if when Larry David, if his time comes, Ray's come on, uh, Rex is going to come back for that. But also he teased another thing that is coming up in the news that he's going to come back on soon to talk about, which we won't tease yet, but I feel it's going to happen soon. <laughs> We're talking about working with we. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, God. But thank you so much for coming on. And you, well, we, we'll have to have you back. We'll talk about the Delulu index once we've hammered out the metrics yes. for sure. And can you shout out your Substack one more time for everybody to check out too? Oh yeah, sure. It is business thoughts, uh, dot substack.com. So that's T H O U G H. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was a blast. And we are going to have to have you back soon. Everybody subscribe to Business Thoughts. Uh, You can follow our podcast on Instagram and Not Another True Crime. You can follow me at Sarah Lameem. You can follow me at Cashmere Danny Cashmere with a K. I'm at Rex Chatterjee on Twitter, Instagram, and wherever else you might find me. And thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico, Sean Kilby, and Rebecca Sosmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at Not Another True Crime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send all of your emails to natc at betches.com. Betches.